Hello and welcome to Bloom Baby Bloom. I'm Colleen Troy and Bloom Baby Bloom means uh, straight talk from now or never kind of women over 50. And I am thrilled today to be talking to Salem Murphy. Hi Salem, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? I am uh, really, really um, doing great this morning. And I think, Salem, you're going to be sharing some very juicy uh, experiences from your life. And so let me just give a brief intro about you. You are currently living in New York? I am. My husband and I moved up here. Actually, to be more specific, New Jersey. But yes, we moved up here a little over a month ago. Oh, my goodness. That's a big, <laughs> huge transition because you moved from Orlando, Florida. Huge we transition. Did. Yeah. Um, and how, how has that been for you? So far, so good. I think we picked the perfect time of year to, to move. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, I'm a new transplant to Asheville, um, and, uh, and it's been a fabulous experience so far. And uh, yeah. so anyway, moving is always enlightening, <laughs> actually, on different <laughs> levels, because you let go, you kind of let yeah. go of, of people and stuff, and then mm. you introduce yourself to new, new uh, folks and interesting people. And... Uh, mm-hmm. It kind of just changes your perspective. And I guess what I haven't said yet about your background is that you were born on the island of Trinidad um, in the Caribbean and lived there for, what, 18 years, Salem? No, actually, I lived there for, I moved to the U.S. in 72. I was 11 going on 12 years old. Oh, my goodness. All right, that's a huge transition, (laughs) too. So, so tell, actually, let's just use that as a starting point. Um, how do you look at transition in your life? And what currently, right now, you are 54, and you've transitioned over that 50 hump, but you've transitioned <laughs> in cultures, being uh, born in Trinidad and to Syrian parents, and yes. transitioned... Um, and, yeah, throughout all of your life and, and countries and people. So how do, you, how do you approach transition? Is it scary? It, you know, I, I think the best way I could think of it for me is, is I'm, I'm just honest with myself as much as I can, especially at this point. Um, I mean, I, I, I've always loved just, I've always had this curiosity, you know, to just learn and, and just be curious and stay curious. And I think that's always helped my transition. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny because when you move with, when you're young, we never think of it as scary, I guess, you know, because we're young and, and it's easy to just think of it as this one big, bold adventure. Um, but mm-hmm. moving to the U.S., it was a huge transition. So assimilation, I would say, was something I was doing and, of course, only knowing that that's what I did as I got older. But that was probably the biggest thing I did, and that was pretty much how I found the arts. That, that truly helped me to really 
not just get to know people, but um, get to understand the culture and, and find a comfortable place to, to just grow into this new country that, you know, that we've moved to. Mm. So yeah. assimilation, it can have, um, you know, a negative connotation, at least. Sure. So, so you did yeah. experience some challenging times, I would guess, and your family experienced some challenging times? Yes, and, you know, it's, it's really funny, Colleen. I didn't, at the time, again, understand that it was challenging. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Again, just because of my age uh, at the time that we moved. But I guess looking back, it, it really was because I would say the biggest, and I love, thank you for using the word challenge and not problem because that's, that's truly how I, how I like to see it, you know, and how much do I want to rise to the challenge or not rise is also a choice. But that whole idea of assimilating... It was, I would say, the most difficult thing about having to assimilate into a different culture is trying to figure out where do I put myself and where do I, how much of what I grew up and knew do I know do I keep, and then how much do I meld with the new culture. And of course, back then it was, I would have to be really honest and say it was a lot easier to do back then than, than today. Okay, and so today, the um, can you can you speak a little bit more to that? How how this current day and age? Um, <laughs> in other words, are you saying that people uh, put their arms out and bo- want to block? That that's mm-hmm. the strong sentiment that we want to block um, welcoming others in at least in this country. Um, sure, that's that's actually a good question. Um, you know, I'll, I guess I can look at it if we have to compare. For me, when the defining line of today versus yesterday, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, it came right around 2002, 2003, um, right right after 9/11. Mm-hmm. And I think what I experienced, and and this is the best way I can kind of bring it to an image for, for anyone. It's, it's that feeling of when you introduce yourself, there's always that curiosity, when you, especially when you introduce yourself for the first time to someone and, oh, that's, that's an interesting name or, um, you know, things like this. So before, especially growing up and even into college when I would encounter people and meet people, there was always a curiosity. Of course, my, my first name, you know, um, is, is unique. And so there was always a curiosity about my culture and, and people would ask questions. So um, post 9-11, mm-hmm. and we may be jumping ahead in the conversation, but that's okay. Um, post mm-hmm. 9-11, I think what I discovered was there wasn't that sense of curiosity anymore. There was a sense of fear. And that really surprised me because the fear I felt when I moved to the United States when I was younger, wasn't a fear for whether I was being judged or my safety. It was more, again, you know, this 11, 12-year-old. I mean, young enough, but not that young, and then going into high school trying to figure out, wow, where, where am I going to place myself in this, 
in this new world, and I, I loved all it had to offer and really had a sense of what the opportunities were that, that, you know, that we had now that we lived in America. Um, and then it, it, it surprised me, I guess would be the best word, and almost stunned me into silence that the fear post 9-11 um, changed in a way for me. And it, it, really, it really surprised me, and it, it started really informing me in a huge way um, you know, afterwards. And, and both really was assimilating. So you're absolutely right. It, it, it could have a very difficult negative connotation to it. And when I was younger, I didn't see it that way. I saw it's assimilating. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm getting involved in this great new culture. I'm meeting people. I'm having all these opportunities before me. So um, the assimilation afterwards in my adulthood after 9-11 was, was really difficult for me. Mm. And and so what? Um, thank you for sharing that, Salem. What I haven't mentioned is your um, craft that you have shared in the world as a, an actor and writer and producer in film mm-hmm. and television. And so I would definitely love to hear about the project that you have um, been working on recently and wondering if you're going if you're showing the sort of this partnership of fear and silence in in that project or um, what other themes um, are you pulling out? So anything you want to share about that, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, thank you for asking. And I'll share as much as I can because it's still in the editing phase. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so the project is exactly, that was, pretty intuitive of you to say that um, wondering whether I shared the fear and what it did. And that, was, that is exactly what the project um, has become. It didn't start out as a short film. It actually started out with, uh, as a documentary as I began to see what was unfolding in my, my parents' homeland of Syria. Um, and the point at which I kept looking at what was going on, and of course, like we all do when we see these huge events, the helpless feeling. But then there was that extra layer of feeling as if something about me was disappearing. And it was okay for the world to have this disappear, and it was about my culture. And that was also coupled with the way people fear anyone now from, from the Middle East or Arabian countries. And, and again, another layer of really, wow, well, really having to dig deep to decide what I wanted to do about it because honestly, for a very long time after 9-11, I did go silent. I did go mm-hmm. inward and I tend to be a reflective person to begin with. So it mm-hmm. probably wasn't really healthy for me, but I felt that it was my, my only choice at the time. Mm. So the film itself, it started out as a documentary and just wanting to bring to the forefront um, not only what was going on in the Middle East and watching families. I mean, my dad left the West Indies by choice and that that in and of itself was huge. Um, But then to see people having to leave not by choice Mm-hmm. And having everything uprooted, it was 
it was really hard because watching it, I knew they were not coming to opportunity. They were not coming to doors being open and to the hope of their children having a better life. And so it was very emotional, and I, I wanted to share the story, not just of that, but also show the Arabic culture in the way that it wasn't being shown, and therefore people didn't know about my culture, really. The timelessness of it, the, the, I mean, it's just, it, it really is a beautiful culture. And so I kept hitting a wall so many times, and I started writing, and I kept, I kept writing the documentary, kept everything going as if it were going to be filmed, but kept mm. coming up against a wall, and it got so overwhelming. And I finally thought, okay, Swan, maybe this is not meant to be. I set it aside, and I, I'll just keep doing you know, my gigs as I get them. And then the chance opened up that I met another actress um, from Jordan that lives in Orlando, and she was willing to co-write with me. And that was, mm. I think, at this place in my life, I was so willing, this, this sort of um, point I'm at where I was going, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to run with this. And I will run as far as it will take me. And when it doesn't want to take me anymore, then I'll switch gears again. And here we are with the short film. So it's really about... It, the concept and what I hope people would walk away with is not just looking at my culture and going, oh, wow, there's a whole lot of common ground here because it's, it's the basis of it is what brings people together in the best way possible, which is food. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. So we shared that, you know, that little aspect of it. But then a beautiful thing happened, Colleen, when I shared the script with the people. I wanted to share it with them in person. They all kept emailing me, so when are we going to see the script? When are we going to see the script? And I said, we'll get it at our first table read. I want you guys to see it the first time. I wanted to be there physically with them. And we handed them the script, and they all got it. And the, the, the point of the, the short is that this is what an Arab American, and because it was based on my experiences, this mm -hmm. is what an Arab American went through after 9-11. Most Arab Americans were stunned into silence. Of course, all we saw were the ones that lashed out in the most horrible ways. But there were many, many, many that were stunned into silence. So for a lot of Arabs, it wasn't a question of where can I find my voice. We knew we were able to find our voice. But there were many that I, that I reached out to in, in my community that felt they didn't have the right to speak out simply because of what people would start associating Arabs with. And our passionate nature sometimes can be misinterpreted. So a lot of Arabs, including me after 9-11, went into silence. And um, this short, it takes, takes you on the journey of an Arab-American middle-class mom mm -hmm. uh, who is married to an American, which I am, and whose children are half Arabic, half American. And what what the switchover was and what happens when we take a group of people and because of one, one event, we define them by that event. And my goal when everyone read the script and the hope of the short is that they can watch the film and go, wow, I never thought of that perspective, and then pull out the Arab-American experience and plug in any experience of anyone who happens to be different or other than 
because that's what happens. Because the the whole reason this came about was because of my studies about trauma and what that does to a human being and what we leave in our wake. And the cast got it immediately as they read it because they, they finished it, they looked up and they said, Salem, this really needs to be told. And then they started telling their own stories. And it was, mm. it was amazing. So it, it, you know, it takes you on the journey of a woman who assimilates into a, into a community, as I did with my husband and children. And once that, that happened, all of a sudden, I was viewed a little bit differently through no fault of anybody's own. And, and that's the funny thing. It's, it's not a question of resenting it, because I don't, because I fully understood why they, they felt that. They, they, they weren't sure. They didn't know. Mm. So it was all of that rolled into one seven-minute short. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that um, kind of answered your question there. Oh, it does. And it really makes me pause, because... I'm surprised that I have some emotion coming out here because uh, I will. I have to tell you that I feel ignorant uh, of no. other cultures, <laughs> and even uh, though I, like you, I share an enormous um, volume of curiosity in my mm-hmm. soul and my being for others, mm-hmm. and yet over my 55 years. I have chosen to live with people who look a lot like me. They talk <laughs> a lot like me. And, and, I've, and um, but that's to heal, the mm. sense of healing after trauma is just vital for us to, con- to just continue to try and link arms with one another. And, um, and learning you know, sadly mm-hmm. through others' traumatic experiences. But I, my eyes are wide open. I am so um, needing to learn so much more uh, to move me beyond this ignorance of other cultures and the trauma that uh, you and so many, many others have uh, faced since 9-11. So... Um, thank you very much for your effort, your um, creativity, your reaching out to other people in this, and so looking forward to viewing the film. I cannot wait to uh, well, to and know I have to it. add that um, I want to thank you that because that encourages me to know that mm. yes, it's okay to share this. And I have to add really quickly one of the other mm-hmm. beautiful things that came out that I also feel is there are a lot of people on the flip side, that don't understand the American culture. And, mm-hmm. and to that end, I think one of the things that saddens me is that in, in, from 9-11 and on and all of the things that are going on, what actually makes me sad, Colleen, is that a lot of Americans don't realize they have suffered collective trauma. Mm-hmm. And what that's done to the very essence of what I know this country is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really huge. So what, what you said just now made me feel equally moved to know that, yes, this is not a story about, um, it, it wasn't a story about sort of showcasing, oh, you need to understand more or know more. 
it was about understanding we were, we're all going through it. In my opinion, on a mm-hmm. global scale, mm-hmm. we are going through global trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's not being mm-hmm. spoken about, and that's what breaks my heart. And the, the documentary, to link it back really quickly, one of the reasons mm-hmm. I, I, I was so feverish to get it going and would feel so discouraged and overwhelmed at times and frustrated as to why it wasn't moving forward my biggest concern are the children that are suffering ongoing trauma because nobody's there holding that pain. Nobody's there processing that pain for them and helping them to understand. So they're growing up and that, that wound, their body's still holding it. And like all kids do, we survive. But then it grows and it grows and it grows and we lash out as adults and we don't know why or we do something, and I know it happened to me, you know, as I was going through the same journey, going, why in the world did I just react that way? Until I started kind of understanding in myself, oh, okay, that, that could be where it's coming from. How about we get curious about it? And that's why I love that word, and you use it, and I love that. It's, I don't feel we're curious enough. I feel like we, we are trying to minimize our life into a few moments or, you know, a few of these wonderful new age phrases, which in and of themselves are not bad, but we're not staying long enough with the pain to sort of unpack it. Mm. Mm, Thank you very much for uh, sharing all of that. There's um, global trauma, and we need to focus on that. I I completely... uh, honor that and uh, want to somehow now uh, from just this conversation how can I put my effort in in my close in to my neighborhood or and beyond to help um, uh, look at it and and uh, try and put some effort into heal, healing that global I trauma that. well thank you yes yeah. thank you <laughs> uh, okay I have to take a breath here Um, (laughs) You know, I am curious. This is definitely changing our uh, topic from what Mm -hmm. we've all just been talking about. But I am curious because Bloom Baby Bloom is about women in midlife and um, consciously choosing to take a stand for their um, dreams and their um, (laughs) desires where maybe they hadn't in the past. What is um, the culture for an Arabic woman in their midlife? In other words, in in some cultures, uh, a a mature woman is revered and looked on in a, you know, put on a pedestal and and we say, we honor you. And so I don't know. I don't even know that. What can you say about uh, the Arabic culture? That is exactly what they do. They, I, I think, um, that's that's one of those other hidden gems. I mean, in every culture, you have situations where women are not honored. But as a whole, um, my culture defers to women, and that's that's mm. the best way I can <sighs> say that. It it's not shown. It's not spoken about. Um, and one of the things I miss about being in, an, in a community surrounded by Arabic people, I grew up where when, when your parents get older, you, it's without a question, you, you take them in, okay, who, who's mom going to live with and 
where are we going, and, and we always will go. I mean, when we have a problem as, as young adults in an Arab community, it's the older women and the men, depending on the situation, but it's the older women that we go to. So women in my culture don't feel as if they have no purpose, even if there's no... So which is really interesting. Most of the Arab women I grew up with didn't define themselves by their career. Hmm. And so maybe that was, you know, I took that for granted a little bit, or actually a lot. So in my culture, yeah, when, when women get older, they're, they're really valued for the wisdom, and it mm. is thought out. Mm. Well, yeah. I hope you can move on into a, a, a short film about that at some point. Would that be amazing? <laughs> it would. It, I mean, and not just that culture, but all the other yeah the other cultures that do um, yeah. um, say we we need your wisdom and and mm-hmm. i I honor all women, but uh, we this that has to have a huge we have to have a huge shift in this culture about mature women and elderly women too, because we don't give we don't put them in the spotlight and and I don't no. mean uh, the spotlight of um, the glaring spotlight, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. well, just put them aside. Let's just take them over there right. and they can live over there. Uh, and we don't exactly. seek them out for their wisdom. Mm. Well, you know, and the funny part is it's, um, I, I see sort of a, a contradiction that, that this society is really trying, but they're mm. not fully stepping into it. It's almost as if they're still not quite sure. Um, and, and I can only relate to that with when I chose to let my gray girl out and in the acting industry, <laughs> that was a huge risk. <laughs> sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, feel as if, I feel as if this society, honestly, it's, it feels to me as if they know something is missing and they, they think they're seeing what it is, but they haven't made the connection. Okay. Hmm. I'm hopeful. <laughs> okay. Oh, and I, I am as well. I am as well. Yeah, they, and, uh, and I will look in that direction as I continue <laughs> to look in that direction too. Um, well, listen, we have about uh, three, four minutes left here, and you wrote something, something to me in our correspondence that I just want to see what we flush out from this statement, if I can read, um, read the sentence. You said... You've had more fun opening, opening up to and embracing the mysteries of life and then maintaining a powerful inner compass. So, woof, there's a lot there in that one <laughs> sentence. Anything you want to say, an example about that, anything, because yeah. it's juicy. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'll be really quick. Um, I think, you know, I've always, when I had said growing up, I was always curious and always wanting to learn and understand, and, um, and that was great. And, but it also was, in a way, a stumbling block because sometimes understanding and knowing and intellectualizing is not good. Mm. Sometimes it's just about accepting I won't always have the answer. And again, that came from a period of just pain and losses in my family. And it, in trying to understand and find, you know, figure out and understand and learn, I thought, what am I? I was just spinning my wheels. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was the moment when I thought, okay, I'm never going to understand 
And then I had to make that next step and go, you know what, this has to be okay. How can I move on from here? And it, it became fun because then I could just keep stepping in. I could just keep, you know, and without, without any fear of going, oh, my God, well, if, you know, if this happens and I'll have to do that, if that happens. You know, it was, it was so much. Now I'm just, okay, this happened. Okay, I don't need to know why. I, all I need to know now is what am I going to do with it and how, how is it relating to me? And that's where that, that inner part of me and that, you know, it, I'm, I'm such a huge supporter of focusing on our, our mind and being so strong. And, I, and again, this only comes from a place of my constant experimenting and failing. But now it's within me, it's, I don't know how to, decide on that that powerful part I think came from that sense of embracing the mystery and it you know what the quick example was exactly documentary to short film I was mm-hmm. so wanting to figure out and understand you know it was another another one of those moments where okay so on maybe there is no answer maybe you just need to set it aside move on to something else and and see keep the goal in front of you but just see what happens and and that was so much more fun because then I, I wasn't spending so much time spinning my wheels. I was out. I was out taking that next step, whatever it was, but then staying true inside me with all I learned because I didn't want to um I didn't want to throw away that gift of, of all I learned. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh no, we we definitely need to carry that um, yeah the the influences of everything we've learned as we continue to take our steps forward into this um, our 50s 60s and um, thank you so much for everything you've shared I think I could do many more half hours with you Salem but I want to say at the very end here what you shared with me in our correspondence that you still yearn to bloom as an opera singer, woo! I know. <laughs> any any opera in particular that you would absolutely—that's like your dream. Oh, you know, nothing that comes to mind. Um, but I think that may end up staying that that place where I want to bloom. That <laughs> would be like one of those pipe dreams. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, just uh, absolutely so interesting, Salem. You, you you are articulate and you have fabulous stories, so many more stories that we haven't oh, heard. But I am very grateful for you sharing and so looking forward to your short film. We will stay in touch so I can announce that when it does come out. And you will be putting that out there uh, to as many um, uh, 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 of the film festivals? Yes, festivals. I was going to say festivals. I didn't yeah. know that was the right word. Um, and I you know. Have me. <laughs> all right. Um, best of luck and um, connections and as, as much connection as you need as you continue going forward with your curiosity. Thank you very much, Salem. <laughs> thank you, Colleen. And thank you for uh, putting putting women in the limelight um, in our phase because it's so much more yet to come, you know. We need to we need to support each other that way. Thank you for what you do. I carry that banner for sure. Thanks, Salem. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.